right. Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome to Not Just a Phase, episode five. Enjoy. All right, so I'm here with Dan Secord, vocalist of Hostage, and the guitar player Ryan Rogers of Hostage as well, an ex-guitarist of many bands, including Owl Eyes and Lions. Thanks for coming on the show today, guys. Thanks for having us, buddy. Ahoy, hoy. I'm going to start here with uh, you, Dan, to discuss uh, the Cassandra Dilemma quickly, just because uh, we've known each other for a few years and had a lot of friends in common over the, that time. But uh, the Cassandra Dilemma is how we really started bonding over the early releases. I remember uh, you sending me some and I was blown away. Um, so first of all, how did you, you write and record and mix all this stuff? How does this uh, all get produced? So I'm doing it all out of my basement. Uh, Basically, I've just invested a shit ton of money over the years in gear and uh, took a few online classes, so to speak, and uh, learned how to operate. And that's kind of just been my hobby for the last uh, few years is just learning audio production and using my own music as a, uh, as a way to do that, really. It's pretty nerdy. You got an estimate on how much you've spent on all that gear, if you had to take a wild guess? Uh, honestly, probably like... I want to say in the ballpark of like 10 grand, maybe. That's not bad considering. No, I mean, yeah, for, for a lifelong hobby and, you know, stuff that uh, you can just upgrade through software, it's, uh, it's not bad at all, man. Very nice. So self-taught, self-mixed, all produced at home DIY shit. And that's on Bandcamp at the Cassandra Dilemma, correct? That is correct. It's also on Spotify under the Cassandra Dilemma. Ah, perfect. And you chose to be a solo project, even though I basically begged you to play bass for it so that we could play it live. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Basically, I hate people, uh, especially people like you. That's fair. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> jokes aside, I love you. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's you know being in and out of bands, and you, you see it all, man. Anybody who's been in music for a few years knows what's up. You encounter a lot of people who got drug problems and flaky people, people who just can't play their instrument at all, don't want to practice the music. So I kind of just got to a point where I said, you know what, enough's enough. I got a point to prove here. 
I'm going to make some shit on my own and uh, kind of do it on my own and uh, be a control freak and uh, not have uh, anybody else's input on it. Good help is hard to find. You got to do it yourself, right? Fucking right. So this is a special episode for me. Uh, the viewers, whoever actually is listening, doesn't know this, but I've known Ryan over here since I was about 10. And I've known Dan since my early teen years. I'm going to say high school. That's about the time uh, he introduced himself to me. <laughs> but uh, so oh, I've known you guys for... <laughs> that was a weird so, thing. So, so uh, <laughs> how did you stumble across the fact that you, you figured out how to scream, Dan? How did you, how did you just... Uh, because you weren't always, as far as I can remember back, you weren't always a vocalist. How did you discover you could do this? Uh, I had a pet snapping turtle, and it bit <laughs> my my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. His name was Michelangelo. <laughs> Jokes aside, uh, those who know me personally, I uh, I'm currently working in Mississauga, and I've always done the commute. I've always been a commuter, 15 and a half years, and. Uh, you know, two hours a day trapped inside a car, uh, you do some weird shit. I learned to uh, <laughs> learn to masturbate with my left hand behind my back. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, I learned to scream. That's fantastic. So you, multitask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you did this on your commutes to work, just kind of like, hey, you know what? I think I could do that. So you're ripping the highway, presumably doing a buck 40, screaming your lungs out towards some music. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It's funny you say that, but numerous times I look at down at the uh, speedometer of my 2012 Ford Focus and I was like, holy fuck, I didn't know this car could go that fast. <laughs> I've never driven with you. I just imagined you drove like a maniac kind of, I no, I'm pretty, just assumed it, yeah. I, I'm pretty tame, unless I'm screaming or masturbating behind my back. In that case, watch the fuck out. <laughs> then it's at least buck 40. Yeah. I don't you see it. the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so as I mentioned, uh, quick story time here. I've known Ryan since I was about 10. I always ask people how they got introduced to punk rock on this show. And for me, I was hanging out with a kid named Mark Rogers, Ryan's younger brother. And we were getting into a lot of detention and trouble at school uh, after about a week or two of that, we, uh, we hung out and I went to his family home, at which point I met Ryan and he was playing some, uh, who knows, probably Slayer at the time. It was quite a long time ago. <laughs> and him and Mark introduced me to a lot of punk and hardcore and metal shit that I hadn't previously been exposed to before. So that was my introduction to any music outside of the mainstream norm. Um, do you old timers remember your first introduction to punk rock? If you can remember back that far? Uh, before I get into that, which I'm trying to condense as much as possible, uh, <laughs> we probably definitely listen to Slayer, Rob, because remember we went to Slayer and Judas Priest and then uh, um, that creepy guy with the assless chaps in the corner was trying to dance with us and then we, uh, <laughs> we ran for our lives. <laughs> he seemed nice, though. He just genuinely he wanted to nice. offer he me did, his he drugs. Did give a, he did give you guys weed, so yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did hook you guys up with some weed that night. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I said, I met Dan in my teen years. Um, <laughs> oh, so fuck. I guess we'll go with you, Ryan. What was your first introduction to punk rock or any music that's heavier um, than the mainstream norm? Yeah, the mainstream norm or what your parents are listening to. Um, exactly. Yeah, I... Um, well, basically, it started with uh, Thrasher magazine, man. Like, uh, uh, magazines. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. For those of you uh, who are younger, <laughs> or yeah, or just uh, bought a hoodie and don't know what it is and paid two hundred dollars for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I picked up a Thrasher magazine, and because they always had ads in them for tons of bands playing. Um, uh, yeah, and if I didn't pick up a Thrasher, I mean, I. Uh, uh, I could have ended up in like, you know, cadets or uh, every one of my stories uh, would have started off with this one time at band camp. But uh, here I am. And maybe that would have been a better choice. But yeah, I always see like ads for like like Descendants, uh, like uh, SNFU, Zeke, H2O, you know, all those good 90s bands we love, Rob. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know. Like I Hate God, Shy Halud. Uh So yeah, it pretty much started started from there. And then... Uh, uh yeah i guess a, so a first show um i mean as far as that scene goes like punk and all that uh it kind of blended because just meeting people over the years like like i played hockey with a bunch of dudes that were into punk but a bunch into metal we started going to metal shows like like i don't know meshuga in flames and stuff like that uh and then um i remember i went to one show because my buddy um drew he was actually the original uh, bass player of lions when we played in that band together we uh he loved Evergreen Terrace and they were playing in Toronto uh, with the Red Chord. And there was this band that opened called the Kill Decibel and they just fucking blew me away. And like, I mean, as far as Toronto hardcore bands go, everyone always jocks, no warning, which I like, but uh, I mean, Kill Decibel, I don't know. They're just, they're just a blend of fucking everything, punk metal, hardcore, like a good mix. So yeah, uh, it kind of started from there and, and then kind of at the same time, um, when that was happening, I was working, uh, I was working in a lumberyard in high school. Like I got, I did a co-op, got a job there. And I met this guy there, um, at the time, his name was Tony Jacome. Um, and he played in this band called shallow North Dakota, which were out of Hamilton from like the nineties. And, uh, we got talking about, um, music and stuff one day and he was telling me about his band. I'm like, well, where can I come check you guys out? And he's like, well, I don't know. They're kind of boners and we're not really doing shows anymore, but they started, uh, the, I think it was the bass player started this other band called cursed. And he was like, yeah, go check out. Like you can pick up their records at like our label, like Sonic onion. Then he started telling me about like cheapies records and Dr. Disc and yeah, kind of all, uh, it, uh, just elaborated from there, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, started going to local shows and everything. And just, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Uh, my brother, I have an older brother and he was, uh, hanging out at, uh, the CDS bar in downtown Grimsby. He was working the kitchen there and there was a lot of metalheads there and they were really hard into, uh, uh, the kind of underground hardcore and metal scene. And, uh, I really got into a lot of, uh, the local acts that way. And these guys would come over to the house and, you know, pick up instruments and we had a drum kit and they'd jam and I'm sitting there thinking like, what the fuck is this? I've never heard anything like this in my life. And, uh, you know, I started reaching out to them, getting friendly with them and go to parties with these guys. And, uh, they'd introduce me to all kinds of bands. So, you know, it, it started with the local, local acts like rise over run and Jude, the obscure, uh, and great bands. you know, I, 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 branch out from there by by you know I'd, I'd get a cd or a tape or something of, of these bands and i'd see the label and 
oh, I got to find more bands on this label. Like maybe there's, you know, there are similar acts like that. And that's kind of how I just got into it. And that's how we had to, uh, how we had to network back in the day without the interwebs is uh, you just had to, you know, use whatever resources you had available to you to, uh, to kind of look around for other stuff. So that was it for me. Right on. And I'm talking here with Hostage. They play a metallic hardcore style. They're out of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and they rip. You're going to check it out right now. So guys, you uh, you want to take any guesses as to when you think shows will be returning? Oh, <laughs> come on, oh, just man, take that, a guess. <laughs> that's that's such a that's such a bingo ball question, man. I don't know. We can't even make decisions of what the fuck to do now with anything, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I I I don't know. I, I'm gonna say four. <laughs> just four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yes. honestly though, man, like the vaccine rollout's been real sloppy in this country and we can't manufacture it ourselves. So that's a huge issue. But now Johnson and Johnson's a big player in the game. A family um, company. Yeah. <laughs> who, 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 who we're sponsored by, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm optimistic that, you know, maybe summer of uh, what year is it right now? 2021, right? Uh, it's still just 2020 part two, I feel, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, I'm thinking like summer 2022. That's that's kind of where my my head. Honestly, at, that's kind of what I was thinking too. To be, yeah. I, you honest. know, and I think that's that's a pretty optimistic uh, <laughs> answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it depends on uh, how exactly they're doing it. Like, I honestly think like some of the decisions they're making on like 
it's essential and what's a priority. It's like, like that episode of South Park where Stan, Stan tries to uh, return the Margaritaville machine to the Treasury <laughs> yeah, Department yeah, yeah. and uh, and he wants to get his money back. They're like, no, can't do it. Company's fallen under. And then they take the chicken to the pen and cut its head off and the guy plays the kazoo. <laughs> and then it falls over and they're like, bail out. That's how they're making decisions now about everything. It's like, okay, you can go to shows again. Okay, you dirty hippies can get a haircut finally. Like, <laughs> and it took an entire episode for him to actually get it returned, so... But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. So speaking of uh, of the unfortunate shit here going on with the world health pandemic, how are you guys been holding up? How's that affected the band and your daily lives? Well, I've gotten pretty good at masturbating behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, for me personally, work hasn't changed. Um, That's good. You know, obviously, we'd love to be playing shows. I, you know, I just started with this band uh, a little over a year ago, and I've only got to play three or four shows with them. I'd love to be out kicking people in the face with, you know, doing my thing, but it is yeah. what it is. And was the last show you guys played at uh, This Is Hollywood that I was there for? I no, feel like... it was This Ain't Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the last show, correct? That was the last show. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Eesh. And they, yeah, they the must second, The second you joined, it's like, nope, hey, just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we, we needed a break, all right? Yeah. They must have only had, like, maybe one or two more uh, shows after you guys, too, before they closed down, right? Yeah, I think that... Sounds about right. I'd heard that the owner was kind of already uh, checking the market out to see what he could get for the place uh, before the pandemic was even a thing. So I yeah. think the owners just kind of lucked out. Well, yeah, no, able to sell. I was going to say that's actually really good timing considering, <laughs> considering, yeah. Well, RIP yeah, to the St. Hollywood, that's for sure. It was a good venue. Absolutely. We love that place. And at that show, uh, at that venue there, Dan, you guys played uh, Blue on Black. Yep, we play that at every show. <laughs> well, it's probably my favorite song in the album. That uh, that main riff has been stuck in my head since I heard it. And you introduced the song as lyrically being about a suicide. I was fortunate enough to find him. and At, uh, at work? At work, or, yeah. Right above my oh office. Boy. really made me listen to you very clearly uh, for the vocals in there. You willing to elaborate on that dark story a little bit? Yeah, it's about a guy who killed himself. Hmm. Um, he was there for, I don't know, a good 12 hours until we found him. And, uh, basically the song is more or less about what was going through my head in, in, you know, the midst of this traumatic experience and realizing that, holy shit, I might wake up tomorrow and not be the same person because of this. Um, and yeah, it changed me as a person, no doubt, but it changed me in the better and I don't elaborate at that part in the song, but uh, it taught me that I'm, I'm much more resilient a person than I thought I was. And that, uh, you know, traumatic situations are completely out of your control and you can, you know, stay up every night worrying about something happening to you. But uh, when it does happen, how you will act like is completely unpredictable. And yeah, it's just really for me, it was, uh, it taught me that I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. You never know how you're going to handle the, the heavy shit till it comes at you, I guess, eh? Exactly, yeah, yeah, for sure. So on a brighter note, guys, let's fantasize, shall we? Um, not in that way. But since we don't have shows right now, if you guys could pick one band to do a reunion show, which band is it and why? Only one band, I might add. 
I was about to ask you, like, one band, like, five, or, like, one band, like, one? <laughs> one band, one reunion show. Which band would, and why? I, it would probably have to be a local act for me. And, I like, nine times out of ten, I would say Rise of a Run, but they already did a reunion show. So, yeah. that's off the list. I'm going Jude the Obscure all day. I love that Fuck band. Yes. Really? Nice. Yeah. yeah I got yeah, no yeah. issue with that. I thought you were going to say Rise for sure. Because uh, Jude the Obscure being a little more towards the Screamo type uh, – of shit and rise over run seems more your style but i guess if you caught the first reunion you're good eh that's it man i got my fill and i'm you know happier than the pig and shit about that so i got nothing to complain about and ryan have you figured yours out oh yeah totally like minor threat man like <laughs> no 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 i just wanted to say that i, I, like, I know i was gonna say they're the only I... band ever that just like won't fucking get over themselves even if, if glenn danzig is like you know like he's a stubborn prick if he got over it come on but no for real um uh i i'm definitely gonna have to go with a local act like uh, like dan said too um and for me uh because i've never seen them it would have to be a, a day of mourning um oh good call yeah uh, for anyone who's uh not familiar with them they were uh they were like a hardcore metal band back in the 90s and their last show was in like 99 and it's uh um the guitar player is uh, the mastermind behind all of it. Uh, Dom from A389 Records, Pulling Teeth, uh, many other bands. Uh, he's the king of like uh, of having reunion shows happen all the time. Like he's had like Infest, the original lineup of Integrity with the Melnick Brothers. Like he he could just pull anything off somehow. And uh, I just figured because he's from Canada originally, like he lives in Baltimore now, he could maybe make it happen. So. Because uh, and I actually messaged him about it a while ago because he posted a uh, a photo of a day of morning show in like Windsor or something like that and I was like out of all the reunions you pull off why the fuck are you slacking on this one and he laughs at me oh because only you and like five other people would be there I'm like no no no, no. just just do it man I have a stack lineup so yeah yeah day of morning so great. so two things I'm holding out for the I think it'll be the 113th Alexis reunion show final show ever that's uh, that's on my list. <laughs> I would love to see that again. Um, all jokes aside, though, you mentioned pulling teeth there. Um, so thanks again for providing the, uh, the photo I edited for the community page at Not Just a Phase website. I wanted a good action shot that describes like the fun of a live hardcore show and, and seeing you fly over a crowd to yell lyrics while you're breaking some poor bastard's neck that's supporting your entire body was pretty spot on. Uh, any idea what year that might have been taken? Um, actually, um, yeah, I believe it was 2009. Don't ask me what year it was. This is hardcore. Like, I think it was like three or four. I don't know. It was one of the first couple they did, but, uh, yeah, I, um, I was pretty, uh, pretty fired up, I guess you could say. Cause before that, um, there's this other band that played back to back that I went to see, uh, uh, slumlords. And so I got tucked away a few beers for that. Cause I wanted to be kind of buzz singing the song, like drunk at the youth of today reunion. And, <laughs> yes and many other uh songs that they have with funny titles and uh it's funny when you were doing that hellbent episode and uh mentioning how like there's not a lot of humor in um uh mm -hmm. in hardcore uh it's, it's it's a bit of a rarity I, I wish i could see more of that but um agreed yeah yeah with hellbent but yeah i, I thought of that last week actually when i was listening to that episode and i put on slumlords because they're all about the humor because even when i during their set there like the vocalist he's just a total joker and he he uh he's like this next song it goes out because this was in the 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 um uh, oh shit i think i need to do this again fuck yeah. anyways um yeah the 
the singer of Slumlords is a joker. He, uh, the, the, at one point he was uh, saying, because uh, the, the time that this happened, he goes, uh, this next song goes out to Michael Vick. It's called Walking the Dog. Holy fuck. <laughs> yes, he's a piece of shit, but it, come on. It was, awesome. it was funny for the time. <laughs> it's yeah. still funny now. <laughs> so oh. anyways, yeah, that was that year. Yeah, like over a decade ago. Very 19 nice. dickety two. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Shark Punch used to play fucking Brocore. Epridge Farm remembers. <laughs> Behind a McDonald's oh. parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Taco oh. Bell, either way. <laughs> R.I.P. to that fucking legendary band, though. Is there a band in particular you guys would love to play with uh, or have plans to play with in the future? Uh, for me personally, it would probably be the Acacia Strain. They're one of the few no bands kidding. that. <laughs> Sorry, I knew you were going to say that. Go on. Rob, didn't we have a talk about cutting one another off? Oh! Uh, yeah, no, they're like the one band who like constantly put out music where it's, you know, I'll always appreciate it. And they're last of a dying breed in that regard. There's not many bands who put out new music or, you know, their sound ends up changing. They're kind of true to form and do one thing and do it well. It's very true. They haven't really strayed from the path since day one. And you, Rogers? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, any band at this point, I just want to play a show, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, local acts, dream? I guess they say, I could say Burnt Knives because uh, they got a new record coming out. I think it's called Life is Beautiful. We played with them once. Uh, I don't know. Twin Rivals had a new record come out. It's pretty good. Yeah, some local acts, but... Burnt uh, Knives would be a ton of fun. I like those guys a lot. Yeah, they're, they're rad. They're rad fucking dudes. But uh, um, just for the sake that it's you we're talking to, Rob, uh, I'm going to say Gulch and nice. Stiff Meds. Nice. Because we're tired of moshing in our living rooms to those records right now in quarantine. I don't know. I'm not tired of it. It's, just, it's getting tiring. Yeah, but your neighbors are tired of it. Ah, fuck them. <laughs> the fucking sweaty guys at it again. Yeah, every time I throw on a record, I'm like, what's up, 108? Wake the fuck up. <laughs> So can you guys explain your, uh, your man cave jam space situation there where, where all the magic happens? Because I know that every band in the world and anyone who hears this would kill to have a space set up the way you guys have. You want to tell me uh, what's going on down there? Uh, yeah, that's just the uh, reign of terror and uh, abuse and alcohol. Alcohol abuse for the most part. Uh, of our uh, our bassist Andy, uh, uh, or known as Thrashgut Witherspluge, and his other band Laid to Rest, because that was really their lair and their jam space in the beginning. Right. Um, yeah, and then we, I think we're the only other band that's really been jamming there, I think. So. Well, he's got his twin brother there, Blaster, who's got a solo project that's pretty fucking slamming. <laughs> slamming salmon, yeah. That's <laughs> What's the solo uh, project called? We want to drop that name or Blaster? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Blaster's the name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's something else. Place to be. He he might in time maybe record bands to do some demos and stuff. Because any band would love to crash there and like I mean I just have a fun time. So yeah, we'll see what happens when that you know people can go places again. So <laughs> yeah, that'll be nice. I can't wait for that. So you're both uh uh publicly and, and acknowledged both crazy cat ladies you often post about your love for your cats on your social medias is there any correlation to playing heavy angry music and also being a big softy or i like pussy rob <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, correlation. I don't know. Sometimes I sniff whatever they're sniffing around the house, and then I get an idea and I write a song. <laughs> <house. Yeah. laughs> Is that DMT? Yeah. <laughs> Go I, hunt I can... some elk on the desert. Get some elk steaks with some jalapenos. Fuck Joe Rogan. All right, everyone who's listening, welcome uh, back. We have today on the show again. We have hostage. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. What's up, bitches? Hoi hoi. <laughs> so, guys, everyone in your band is in various other bands, and you're all guitar players, including your drummer, who plays guitar in Powerbomb. Now, does everyone get a say in the guitar direction or the riff writing process or the songwriting process? How does the collaboration happen when the writing happens? Um, it's, it's actually pretty organic. Like, um, uh, to be blunt to the point, like either, uh, Sandy or I will show up with a riff mm -hmm. and, uh, obviously Jarrett who, uh, you know, he's like the Dick Van Dyke of the band and can play like any instrument. He could probably play them all at the same time. Like he just like, he's like, <laughs> okay, I know what I'm going to play for that. And then usually every practice we kind of just formulate a song or at least get the, the 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 skeleton structure of it and then just beef it up uh practice after practice usually yeah that so. sounds about right i i i try not to get too too involved because i trust everyone's judgment in this band and whatever you guys have done in the past has worked really fucking well so <laughs> i don't want to fuck that up man i'll just yell shit that's what i'll do that is the vocalist role so yeah that yeah sense. that and not carrying gear yeah <laughs> Yeah. mandatory yeah as soon as the set's done put the mic down walk off stage see you later i need a drink boys i have all the tickets <laughs> am i on the guest list <laughs> so besides pet and kitties is there anything else you guys are doing to uh keep namas staying during these very fucked up times um actually yeah um have you tried dmt <laughs> <laughs> like that's i don't know what day is it october <laughs> it's crazy man but have you tried dmt <laughs> besides uh, dmt and pet and kitties i uh i'm starting a new job hopefully so pissing off my current employers um oh dope which dispensary will you be working for uh whichever <laughs> one's closest to you because that's where most uh, business comes in it seems like it's <laughs> very true what's the new job uh well nothing's finalized yet but it's uh basically what i'm doing now shipping and receiving but we're implementing an inventory system to uh fortune 500 companies so i kind of hope your boss hears this and fires you yeah me too i don't want to work <laughs> so what's keeping you calm ryan um uh, pizza pizza fucking hey <laughs> death comes whenever pizza is forever uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Be, being an adult, uh, I don't know. Making sure my house doesn't fall down. Uh, I don't know. Movie marathons. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. You are a film buff, so. Yes, yes. I exactly. guess you've spent I a mean, lot of time watching yes. a lot of that. And it's come to the point now where, like, life is pretty much like Groundhog Day, but you can't kill yourself like Bill Murray and keep coming back out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I know. I don't know. You just people need to have hobbies and interests and just. Uh, 
stay safe and sane. And uh, that's kind of just mm-hmm. what I've been doing other than writing other, other, like lots of music. We actually have lots of new dudes. So, but we can't jam right now. So that's, uh, yeah. I want to touch base on that too. And it's just the white collar people who are having to work from home and whatever, and are super depressed right now. I, I like, I, I'm not super sympathetic for a lot of these people because it's all they have are their jobs. And it's like, why would you make that the focus of your life? Like, why would you not have hobbies and shit to do outside of work? But it seems yeah. like a lot of people just, you know, wake up and are like, oh, it's, it's time to work. And they go and they do that. And that's it. And that, that is not how I want to live my fucking life. That's for sure. Yeah, I hear exactly. that. I hear that. Well, speaking of anger and spite, uh, as you guys both know, I grew up a pretty angry kid. I uh, definitely like to run my mouth. And although I've gotten better as I've gotten older, uh, I, or so I think anyways, I, I'm finding that I'm still just as pissed off uh, these days as I, as I was sometimes as a kid. Is there anything you guys are, are mellowing you out or are you guys, as you're getting older, are you still just as pissed off or you getting more fed up with bullshit? Like how are, how are you maintaining this? Cause I'm genuinely curious. Uh, I find that just ignoring questions really helps. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, man, like age, age definitely does it. Um, yeah. People start to take you more seriously in life. You know, when, when, when you get out there and, you know, you got the house and you got the car and you got responsibility, uh, people start to trust you and they're not breathing down your necks as much. And you're taking a little bit more seriously and you know, you're able to kind of take your foot off the gas and lay back a little bit. So age for me is definitely helping. And Ryan, how are you not killing people? Um, I don't drink the uh, Kool-Aid of the social media cults on the, the twatters and the book of faces. And, Christ. Uh, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I, I think uh, the internet's the meanest place on earth. It's psychological warfare at its finest. And uh, culturally I, I, I I just don't see, or I, I really hope people don't talk to each other like they do online. Like that, that's fucking scary. Cause yeah. um, I, I mean, I mean, I know it's cliche to say like, you know, you, uh, uh, if you don't learn from history, like you're doomed to repeat it kind of deal. And I, I just feel we're going down so many rabbit holes and um, just uh, we're tearing each other apart, like de- de- just demoralizing people's characters and over what just being mad at like something that um, oh, fuck, I don't know. Where I'm going. Civil war, baby. That's where it's fucking going. Really though. That's exactly I mean, uh, where it's going. You, you split things down the middle and people tough, tough talk online and fucking, you know, you're trying to make things very black and white and it's unfortunate, but that's not how the fucking world works. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to get your head out of your fucking ass. You need to realize that every person on this earth is flawed in some capacity. And if you want to write, you know, all these people off because they don't share your fucking viewpoint, you're not going to have any friends in your life. You're going to have no one. So, you know, you got to learn to accept people for what they are. You got to learn to accept yourself for who you are. You're imperfect. You're human. Humans suck. Uh, It's just the facts of life, man. (laughs) Absolutely. And since we're all dinosaurs, we actually remember uh, a small time before the internet. But when it first came around, it was not a safe place. It certainly isn't now. People who are trying to make the internet a safe place, a more PC environment, it's going to fail. There's a little thing called freedom of speech. So people online are going to be assholes because people generally are. I mean, we're not. You're right. We're not good in nature. 
there's freedom of speech and there's freedom of repercussions. So if you want to go on and, you know, spout your mouth off about opinion you have, uh, it's quite possible that somebody's going to clap back, man. Absolutely. That's what it's, that's what it's there for. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. that and sharing porn and music. <laughs> yeah. Porn and music, man. I'm all about it. Yeah. They're pretty exactly. universally liked. <laughs> so let's get to the good questions here, guys. The real questions here, Coke spoon side project band. You guys got going on with members of hostage it's hilarious lyrically, and it's also pretty catchy, fast core type stuff. So am I going to be hearing more from this group, or are you guys willing to explain how the, the names came into place? <laughs> just just take, it, take, it away. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> you just want me to tell the goddamn world this whole story. Oh, fuck. fuck it's sakes. a good one. It's well, a good one. okay. Um, so uh, Sandy uh, and I, um, who is playing drums in Coke Spoon, guitar player of Hostage. We were on a motorcycle trip to an undisclosed location, and um, Sandy uh, won a chopper they were giving away there. Freedom machine. Yeah. And yeah, so he kind of became uh, um, the um, oh, fuck me, ass shit so he basically became the center of attention because they're like oh you're the guy that won the bike and there was this dude that came up to us when we were just standing around having a beer uh after we set up tent and everything and uh he started talking to us uh, like you're the guy that won the bike and stuff and he he was casually talking to us and then he he casually just pulls this big ass bowie knife out and then pulls out a big bag of blow and shovels it in and goes, Coke spoon? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and we just laughed. And like, he was basically like the guy who was providing like the community cocaine orgy for the, for the evening. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so ever since that day, I remember Sandy, like Sandy was like, uh, we ever start another band, like a party rock joke band, whatever. We're calling it Coke spoon. History was written. <laughs> Here we are. Fucking beautiful origin story. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, yeah, you will be hearing more of that. We are jamming on the regular now. Uh, now that things have opened up, and uh, yeah, you'll be hearing more of that for sure. Yeah, I heard yeah, you love we, playing guitar again, Dan. Oh, it's fucking great. It's exactly <laughs> what I signed up for: playing guitar in a fucking band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I try to throw this in quick. So like, uh, I do have to give credit for. Um, the uh um for the song we have up on Bandcamp, quarantine blues the idea actually uh came from uh, uh the guitar player in the other band that jams at our jam space laid to rest uh, uh luke and uh, uh matt mckag their vocalist uh, we were sitting around having a beer one night after they jammed and uh we're asking him like because uh, we hadn't seen each other in months and he said uh oh I, luke was like i've been locked at home and i don't know what to do i put up shelves and done some projects and now I, all, all there is to do is just jerk off and take dumps. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, yeah. And Matt's like, fuck, man, that, that's catchy. I'm like, yeah, that would make a really good song. And then I got humming a tune on the way home. And then next time I went to the space, I'm like, hey, I got an idea. And I think we wrote the song within what, like 15 minutes? Oh, yeah, that was definitely a 15-minute song. <laughs> For 45 seconds or whatever the yeah, song is. Yeah, yeah. And people say musicians aren't artists. What the fuck do they know, eh? <laughs> what the fuck do they know? Yeah. So finally then, we're near the end here. What's going on with you guys? What's new? What can we expect from Hostage for the upcoming future? 
you did mention earlier new music uh yeah we literally like since we recorded and we wrote more music like at this point we're like fuck we could have wrote a full length and put it out so um we're definitely going to be doing more music so after this ep you could expect another one or maybe maybe full length Who yeah knows? we want to keep relevant in the way that like the music industry is now you kind of gotta just you know drip drop information or information music as you go and it you know eps and demos seem to be the big thing now on spotify and we have what three or four new tracks that are un unreleased yes. unrecorded so mm -hmm. you know uh You'll see something. Uh, don't hold your breath. It's it's coming. Oh, I'm not holding my breath. Is there a chance of it, it becoming a physical release? I mean, the last EP you guys put out, fantastic. Going to play another track off that at the end of this interview. Um, no physical release. There's no way I can purchase it, which is good. I don't want to give you my money regardless, but some not, people might. So Not currently, and it's it's not a big deal because we know you don't have any fucking money anyways. <laughs> yeah, most yeah. hurt. <laughs> Podcast but, isn't paying the bills. But uh, <laughs> we... We've talked about physical copies of that release and, you know, it's, it's possible. Anything's possible. We, we, nothing's really set in stone. We kind of just, you know, play it by ear and see what's up. So, you know, yeah, it and, could happen. And it's, it's it really boils down to what labels kind of uh, have the general interest to release it and, and, and funds to do it too, because I understand like some people are a bit low on cash, right? Like as far as like, you know, smaller labels go. Especially oh, given I mean, the, the time. It's not like we're getting signed to Interscope Records tomorrow or something. Right, or something. right. So, well, I mean, have you approached them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been yelling at them uh, six feet apart or outside of their tower. <laughs> Bandana <laughs> on tower. Yeah. You heard yeah. a fucking hostage yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to play one last track for the viewers here. And I hope to get you guys back on again soon when you do a, a full release or another demo or split or whatever is coming up in the future. And I'd love to have a chat with Coke Spoon members as well sometime. Thanks for having us, man. And we would love to be back. All right. Thanks so much for skipping church to be here today, guys. You take care of yourselves, eh? Fuck church. <laughs> <laughs>